Hello, everybody. Today's episode is with Kavita Gupta from Consensus Ventures. And we talk about two interesting, well, we talk about a lot of interesting things, but two of the most interesting things that we talk about are one, this concept of the native protocol funds, which I've chatted about before with people like Brayton Williams. And the idea there is that when you make a protocol or a platform, um, the person who makes that protocol or platform then funds people to build apps and things on top of that platform. And that's a complementary thing where the more apps there are, um, the better the platform does and the more that the platform gets better than the more um, the apps do essentially. So it's that's a complementary system. Essentially, imagine your iPhone as a platform and then all the apps. The more apps, the better. And the better the iPhone is, the better for the apps. So that concept is one that we talk about here and is one that Kavita agrees with around Consensus Ventures, but also that Consensus Ventures is kind of a new kind of API between Consensus and the world. And with that mindset, I think that API mindset is just a crucial one that I've talked about before, where, and it's something that people think about a lot in the blockchain space, where you essentially imagine the rest of the world um, as a series of APIs that you can interact with. Um, and so I think about this as like, as, you know, kind of smart contracts on the self or something like that, or hyper systemification or hyper notification. Um, another version of this is is where you actually make pledges and where you show kind of your direction, not just like the APIs that someone can interact with. Um, and so this way of thinking is both very powerful because it kind of makes things a lot quicker when everybody is an API with respect to each other but um, the shadow quality of it is that you think of yourself and you think of others as just nodes within the system so don't do that remember that you're still human Um, and then the other thing that uh, Kavita and I touch on a lot is this idea of co-evolution and co-opetition rather than just pure competition Um, and this is something that like Daniel Schmachtenberger would call omni-consideration where you're thinking from the system level not just from the individual level. And Kavita and I talk about three different versions of this. One is how she's looking for startups that benefit both consensus, but also the Ethereum ecosystem as a whole. Um, the second thing is, you know, she looks for like other venture capitalists that are thinking about co-evolving with each other. So not just thinking from a scarcity kind of self-mindset, but saying, hey, how can we um, collaborate and combine on things? And there's actually a really good example of this where Alexander Lang um, got a bunch of crypto VCs together and they all combined on a crowdsourced due diligence framework. Um, So that's a really cool concept. And then another example of this is co-evolving at the entrepreneur level. And so Kavita looks for entrepreneurs that are looking to co-evolve with each other and not just, um, not to build all parts of the stack, but can actively be early adopters um, of other parts of the ecosystem. Cool. So with that, I hope you enjoy the show today with Kavita. And one final note is that a bunch of consensus folks will be at East Denver. Kavita won't be there, but Joseph Lubin will be there, and Kevin Awaki from Gitcoin will be doing this really cool bounties track. Um, so yeah, there's going to be uh, a bunch of consensus folks at Ethereum Denver on February 16th through 18th, helping people build apps on the Ethereum blockchain. So hope to see you there, and enjoy today's episode with Kavita. Hello, everybody. My name is Reese Lindmark, and you're listening to another episode of Creating a Humanist Blockchain Future. In this podcast, we take a systems thinking approach to doing good in the world, and we have a couple different series that focus on different system scopes. And today we're focusing on Series A, macro systems, where these are humanity-level systems and venture capital, philosophical macro trends, where we ask the question, where are we as humanity headed? And today, I'm very happy to chat with Kavita Gupta. And Kavita is a founding managing partner at Consensus Capital, a VC fund that invests in the Ethereum ecosystem. Kavita, thanks for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much, Reese, for having me. Hi, everyone. 
Hello, everybody. Um, so, Kavita, could you just give us kind of an intro, high-level intro to Consensus Capital? Sure. So, uh, I'll start with a little bit of Consensus and connect the dots. So, Consensus was founded by Joseph Lubin, one of the co-founders of Ethereum uh, with Vitalik in 2015. And the company has been always focused to create the ecosystem around Ethereum. Uh, when the new technology came, how, how are you going to get a lot of people adopt to it? The best way is to create a lot of applications, protocol layer, infrastructure layer products, so that that can be attached to create a lot of consumer and business level applications. And that's how Consensus started. So earlier this year, Consensus Capital, which is more towards the financial arm, financial service arm of Consensus was established. There are three different uh, vectors within consensus capital. The first one is the asset management services. The second one is token foundry. And the third one, uh, which I lead, is consensus ventures. We started with a proprietary 50, uh, 50 $50 million fund to invest in pre-seed and seed stage equity. But where do we do the twist is we also do uh, invest in tokens, usually pre-sale tokens. So it's sort of like a venture hedge fund where we also have our in-house trading desk to maintain our liquidity and our position on the token side. Got it. So yeah, it's both on the equity side and the token side. And as you say, it's part of this kind of macro um, thing within consensus around both consensus ventures itself and then something like Token Foundry. And I'm actually interviewing uh, Harrison next week. So awesome. <laughs> we'll get all the different uh, texture around this. So thinking a little bit more about consensus capital and uh, or consensus ventures rather, um, could you tell me more about, you know, people think about blockchain investing and cryptocurrency investing, but then specifically, um, is Consensus Ventures focused on Ethereum? And if so, how does that change your mindset towards investing? So we only invest in Ethereum blockchain. Um, and I think, of course, one of the reason is that it is a consensus proprietary fund. But also, I think from the vision, visionary perspective, If you look at any blockchain ecosystem in the market, uh, Ethereum is the only one which has the maximum number of developers. And ultimately, the more developers are going to lead to more applications and more adoption. So most of the projects, 95 to 98% of the projects which come our way are always on Ethereum, have an ERC-20 tokens attached to it and respective wallets. So the ecosystem is too big of Ethereum within uh, blockchain system that uh, we actually end up investing or getting a lot of deals which are very diversified within that blockchain. Hmm. Yeah, and, and does it, so it's concentrated on Ethereum. As you say, the amount of developers on the platform is just incredible, both at the protocol level with, you know, working on things like scaling and at the application level um, and building on top of things like Truffle and MetaMask and Fure and whatever. Um, so one kind of further subset here, there's the blockchain and then there's Ethereum and then even subsector to that is consensus. Could you tell me about how being part of consensus changes how you do investing? Um, I think consensus doesn't really change once we go to the Ethereum layer, how to do investing. But what it helps is providing us a big ecosystem for our portfolio companies. So we never invest just from the side of playing or providing liquidity to any of the companies. 
we only invest in companies where we very strongly believe that using the international ecosystem of consensus with presence over 25, 28 countries, a lot of local offices, um, plus all the protocol infrastructure layer projects, which we already have at consensus, like U-Port for Identity, you already talk about Miramas, Truffle, um, then similarly, like we have our own in-house security uh, products and everything. Mm -hmm. So how do we create that whole ecosystem to support this company to accelerate and go to next stage very quickly? And how is that company supporting the overall Ethereum blockchain ecosystem and not just consensus? So for me, it's a strategic role play then to actually alter any type of uh, thinking behind investing. Got it. Yeah. And I think that, as you say there, there's, I think that everybody should be having this in their mind as they go forward and try to like create value in the world is let's do this for, you know, myself and my people, whoever that may be, whether it's your city or your friends and family or the people who you work with, but then, and that's like consensus in this model. But then also, as you said there, also be aware of the general Ethereum community and say, hey, how can these consensus projects also help the Ethereum community more generally? Um, so kind of going on that, I feel like uh, consensus is a good example of what's called these like native protocol funds or what some people call like VC 3.0 or like the community token economy, which are just where you have these funds that are kind of built on top of a protocol platform uh, with another example here being like Blockstack and they have a $25 million fund for people to build things on top of Blockstack. Is that kind of how you view consensus capital is as like a fund to like a native protocol fund for Ethereum? Um, I think, that is what consensus was in 2015, <laughs> which mm. is like uh, Joe thinking that let's get the best developers, let's get the best application going and consensus is going to bankroll it. Um, and we call them spoke. So I think yeah. it started two years back, very early on consensus was and is the leader in the community for that. And they have put out more than like 18 to 20 projects over time along the same line. When I compare ventures, I think ventures got an extended arm where we are like, now the community has already gone to a next level where a lot of experienced entrepreneurs with deep technology knowledge and also able to bring in the community of project managers, UX, UI designers, product people together to create a company without a very deep involvement from consensus. But we still believe in those products. So how to stay connected with them with 5%, 10%, whatever equity, and give them the strategic role play, but help them to take this ecosystem to the next level. So I think Ventures is the extension of the example you gave. Great. That makes sense. And I love that version of things, which is what does the API look like between the kind of uh, hub and these various spokes? And what you're saying is this is kind of new experimentation on these kinds of APIs that consensus can have with with spokes and with projects and with the general Ethereum community. Um, so that makes sense and kind of understanding where consensus and consensus capital fit in the ecosystem how now talking about you have a background in social good um, and, and impact investing and social entrepreneurship and actually Kavita and I before the show we're talking about how Kavita is like <laughs> brings food to a lot of people on Thanksgiving instead of just eating a lot of food so like, uh, it's good to walk the walk and talk the talk um, so Kavita how do you see kind of social good and blockchain kind of interacting as you do some of this impact investing 
Yeah, thank you for outing me out on my Thanksgiving plans. I think for me, when I started getting really interested in blockchain a year and a half back, it all started from a very social entrepreneurship perspective. I was working at the Eric Schmidt Family Foundation and was judging MIT Sol, which I've been advising for a year now. And I came across a project which was using identity on blockchain for refugees uh, when they make the first entry into Turkey and um, Greece. And I was super blown out about the the transparency, the data verification, then the use of that data to establish persons, um, education credibility, financial credibility, the location, the address uh, within 30 seconds to like five minutes. And I did not know much about blockchain at that point. So I kept on grilling the entrepreneur. But over Mm -hmm. time, when I learned it, I was completely blown away the traceability, sourceability, transparency, accountability, the, those ethos and more, which the whole blockchain ecosystem was built upon, irrespective of which one do you go for. And um, combining with that, years of my fintech investing experience, especially in Africa and Middle East, companies like m um, I have seen how remittance can change the whole economy of a lot of developing countries. And having a and having a verified a system on blockchain where you can actually remit to anywhere across the world within thirty seconds to a minute instead of three days to fifteen days, and a fraction like 0.01 percent cost of what the current transactional cost is, is a very big social impact for me. Yep. So that's what got me really interested in blockchain and kept on looking into it. And then I got really lucky to meet Joseph Lubin at one of the IFC, very small curated uh, uh, conference in San Francisco. And um, that just completely made me a convert. Nice. Yeah. And I like you say, I mean, that remittance thing is is so huge that you know money until about 45,000 bucks per year is very correlated with happiness. And so if we can if there are people that are going in working places doing remittances or whether it's a nonprofit like give directly that initial money for people who are in poverty and what have you isn't the the financial inclusion baking the unbanked that's a crucial step one to like success within this global sphere um so i guess tell me a little bit more one thing that's weird about this space though is thinking about value here and i like to kind of dive into how people about think about value so uh, my example is if i give a rich person, let's say one unit of value, they may be able to give me $100 in return. But if I give kind of a poor person one unit of value, they may be only to give, they can only give me like a dollar in return. And so I feel like when you think about optimizing for things and whether you're optimizing for money or value or impact, how do you think about kind of the intersection of those concepts? So unfortunately, the volume of that poor people giving you $1 is way more than the rich people giving you hundred dollar, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> so I think it's a combination of market quantity versus the dollar amount per quantity, and also the service which you want to do, right? Um, so there are projects like, um, for an example, let's let's take the example of remittance itself. Um, yes, if there is somebody remitting 
only hundred dollars, uh, it's going to give me a one dollar. But then I would be able to actually test that model. I would be able to create a huge database and the credibility around it and would be able to make a technology good enough for a big bank to start making a $10 million transaction using it. A bank mm. probably is not going to be my first customer for that platform until and unless it's really proven in the market, right? If you look at any of the fintech companies, like the mobile-based uh, currency digital transaction companies, they all started with very, very, very small, um, uh, very small transactional communities like 30 cents, 40 cents, 50 cents. Uh, with respect to social impact, I believe different companies and different entrepreneurs have different belief on where do they find the balance. There is no right or wrong. It's very relative. But mm -hmm. uh, as an investor, I always believe that if you start in any companies with an impact layer to it as a defined layer, which you really want, over time, when the platform is going to grow, you're going to just increase it or grow the impact layer too. So yep. where blockchain and Ethereum starts, for me, first of all, platform itself by thesis is very socially impact driven. Now taking it to the next level of creating applications, which are even more focused on that, uh, I believe the only way we can make an impact in a sustainable manner for long run is when we also have a defined financial plan around it so that everybody can survive and create the company to the next level. Yeah, I love that. I think that in some ways, what you were just discussing there is what uh, Vinay Gupta in one of his talks at DEF CON 1, what he calls this like um, uh, structure and the meta structure above it, where you have Ethereum that allows for us to build applications on top of it. And then as we're building them to kind of fund to kind of put some of our money back into the infrastructure and to refund it and kind of have this nice loop between the structure and uh, and, and the meta structure above it that allows us to fund things. Um, and I think that, like you said, that the impact layer, that Ethereum in and of itself, even if you're trying to do some kind of like evil thing on Ethereum or <laughs> some kind of weird capitalist thing, it's like Ethereum itself is kind of an impact layer in and of itself. So I, I think that um, hopefully we'll get 2x returns, compounding returns when you take that Ethereum impact layer and then add in another impact layer. Um, so thinking about that and kind of taking it to the in companies that you invested in so far, do you want to tell me a little bit about some of the portfolio companies that you've invested in and, and maybe why you invested in them? Um, yeah. So uh, some of them we are still closing our deals, but let's talk about once we for sure have. Um, nice, yep. Yeah. So we started with this really interesting fintech company uh, where um, BlockFi, they are based out of New York. Uh, they are in crypto lending platform. And uh, you're going to feel like it's coming from a very niche bubble of the crypto holders. But uh, you will, it will also help you realize what's the reality between the crypto world we live in and the world of US and New York we live in. Is, um, uh, so, crypt, uh, so BlockFi allows you to um, put your Ether or Bitcoin as a collateral and then actually go up to 40% value of whatever your Ether is today to have it in fiat uh, for you to go and if you want to buy a house, you want to buy a car why, without losing your Ether. And um, the founder, Zach, 
I really liked his story. He has been investing in crypto very early on. He has been a successful banker, uh, a, risk an- a risk analyst. And he realized that when he wanted to actually buy a house, he cannot put his crypto as an asset in any of the banks. And that is what he was holding, knowing this is going to be the next generation economy. And then as soon as he mentioned it, he the banks actually went through extra layer of security checks on him because for them, this is drug money. Mm-hmm. And this is not, we are not talking about two years back or three years back. And so we realized that if we do believe in this currency and in this platform, we also have to start creating uh, a lot of applications which are actually building the bridge between the traditional ecosystem and the new ecosystem. And the more bridge we create, the more it will be easier for the new ecosystem to get integrated into old ones. So BlockFi is one of those ways where uh, we don't want people to sell their crypto if they don't want to, but still have a comfort of have day-to-day transaction in whatever currency is possible with the rule of the law uh, of the land. Got it. Um, then the other one is Quantstamp, uh, which we are like even working deeper and deeper with them. Um, so lots of people are building up security contracts and uh, with those security contracts, uh, there are very few talented, uh, very, very few talented brains across the world who can actually go through deep checks on your uh, smart contracts and creating the security layer around it. So Richard Ma, the founder of Quantstamp came up with a very, very interesting model of doing auto security checks, which are digital way of doing it. So even if we use it as the first layer or the final sanity check layer, this is where the future is going to go, which is in the automated system. So uh, we realized that this is going to be a great addition to like so many projects, portfolio companies and any of the smart contract projects within consensus system and outside, which could be used to support. Um, so that was the thinking about Const, uh, along with Constamp. Um, then the other project which we are doing is uh, Curio Cards, which is about digital arts. So um, I, I have been a personal art collector and one of the biggest problem with the art pieces are always the verification, um, then insurance and then transportation. But the world to, going forward is going to be all about digital art. How many of us today actually take the printouts or try to go through the old real process? Everything is on our phones, right? Um, so uh, Curio Cards provide artists to uh, put the original piece, which they have created, and create the digital copy and sign and assign 50 cards or 60 cards or five cards for the whole lifetime of that particular piece. And it is all verified on the blockchain. So 20, 30, 50 years down the lane, anyone can have the original verified copy and can verify it in 30 seconds, whether it's the original or not. So those are sort of the project. Our ethos are that we want to invest in anything and everything on Ethereum blockchain across security, protocol, infrastructure, lots of application exchanges, and create a circular economy within the portfolio that every company can feed off from each other, can help and support each other, and the whole consensus ecosystem, both from consensus and consensus, and ultimately to the Ethereum ecosystem. Awesome. Yeah, I like um, 
And parts of that, the bridge, that the first one reminds me a lot of Salt, where you can take your crypto and essentially leverage it to get fiat money to do things in the real world. And then the last one, yeah, I I really like the idea. Of, what was the name of the last one again? Curio Cards, C-U-R-I-O, C-A-R. Curio Cards. Yeah. Cool, yeah, Curio Cards. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, yeah, just this, as we... Today, we don't think of art too much as digital, but as we get deeper and deeper into this, and as more like digital natives who essentially know the world in many ways digital first, they, yeah, exactly as you're saying, they're not necessarily going to want a Lamborghini. They're going to want a token that says that they own that Lamborghini, you know, um, and and then they'll just hide it where, and they'll store it wherever. So uh, we'll see if that's the future and hopefully not too many tokenized Lamborghinis, but whatever. Um, so how do you think about, you know, for companies, you started talking about this again, but I'd like to go a little bit deeper into it. Think companies that you're looking to invest in, what are some of the, I guess, what are some top tips that you would say as you've kind of, you've looked at a bunch of different companies, what what are some tips that you'd say to blockchain entrepreneurs um, as they start to try to pitch VCs? Um, I would say the era of just writing a white paper and thinking that that's all what is required is over. Um, what I look for is why do you want blockchain? Because a lot of solutions which come to us is taking the traditional um, traditional way of doing things, figuring out what's the gap and redundancies out there, and then taking care of it by using blockchain. So a very clear thought process of why do you want blockchain? If you are going to tokenize any part of it, how do you see the utilization of that token? Is that actually going to add value? Do you really need token? And then going back to what traditional investing has always been, the the problem, the solution, the vision around it, uh, the two things which, and, and the team, but the two things which I personally really look for is synergy. Are, are these people going to work with the, this bigger community of Ethereum or not? Because this particular community of purist technologists um, in the blockchain's ecosystem, they really work in a very big cooperative and synergical manner. And we only want to support um, players who are going to come and work with everyone instead of trying to create their own silos and have a power play. So I think for us from consensus, it's very, very important that we support uh, a very synergical collaborative atmosphere. So that's one. And the second thing is... Um, we don't want companies, at least what I feel like, not to build everything. If you have five different parts or components which you require to achieve what you actually want to achieve, let's say you want identity, you want security, then you want MetaMask, you want a platform, uh, you want a transaction layer on top of it, then how do you think through? Are you creating everything by yourself? Then you are two to three years down the lane and you still have to be perfect on every layer. Or how smart are you to start working and picking up the best solutions for all and focus on what you have to deliver? So I think those are the couple of things which we really look for. But we invest globally. So geography, uh, location, or if there is a solution which is only for a particular community, that doesn't bother us because we want to be there. We completely decentralize as the blockchain is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the, uh, and I feel like those two main points actually are 
very um, compatible with each other, which is like, hey, for people in the space, you've got to be thinking from not the pure competition perspective, but from the co-opetition or co-evolving perspective. And, and part of that is to say, oh, I don't need to build identity, you know, um, and I can actually be a great early adopter for this other company that is building identity and we can kind of help them with their project and, and, and we can say them, tell them the bugs that are happening. So I think that, yeah, that kind of mindset of like, Rising tide lifts all boats and, and that kind of thing, I think is definitely crucial to this space uh, and, and, is, and is part of the space as well. So if you come in with this pure, like, um, evil competitive mindset or whatever, not necessarily evil, <laughs> then you might get some pushback from people say, hey, the whole goal here is just to create a better world for everybody. And you, whether it's rent seeking, whether you're extracting these kinds of things, that's not the mindset that we have. Um, so I guess with that, Kavita, what else is on your top uh, for the final question here? Anything else on the top of your mind, um, either from the venture capital perspective or from the, uh, you know, from the entrepreneurship perspective um, or any kind of perspective? What, what's one final thing that's on your mind here? Um, can I go with two? Yes, totally allowed. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we'll serve you food next Thanksgiving too, Reese. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. I demand food. <laughs> so uh, I think to to the venture world, I just want to say, um, let's have more conversation around different ways and different thought process towards investing into the blockchain community. Uh, and I'm saying this to all my friends and colleagues um, from the traditional investment space. It's a new technology. This is going to be the future. But it also requires a new way of investment, a new way of evaluating those technologies and the project. So let's work together and create uh, a very informative way of how to do it uh, and how to bridge the traditional world with the new world and create a complete new amalgamation. And I think to the entrepreneurs, I just want to say we are looking, we are looking for the next awesome ideas (laughs) and uh, we are looking anywhere from land titling and registration on blockchain to security products to health side, education sectors, voting side, anything and everything. Um, If you really think uh, your idea is going to actually change lives of million plus people and you just need support, whether it's from technology or from investments, I think consensus overall as the ecosystem is worth trying off. So that pretty much would be my two ask at the end from your own. Yeah, that's good. And I think on the first point, I just want to say that that to me sounds like similar to what you were saying at the entrepreneur level, where you're like looking for projects who are looking to be co-evolving and co-opetitioning with each other. And that thing is also true at the venture capital layer where you say, hey, let's talk with each other about this. How can we, how should we do this? How should we make this bridge? Um, that's that's crucial to us going forward as well. So thank you so much, Kavita, for your time. Um, yeah. And, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Reese. Take care. Thanks, everyone. It was fun. And goodbye, everybody. And if you want to support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Landmark. That's patreon.com slash R-H-Y-S-L-I-N-D-M-A-R-K. Okay, goodbye.